and welcome back to the Eclectic Collection, or welcome for the first time. It is our one-year anniversary, and we're celebrating with episode 25, Closer Than You Think. Very exciting this last year. Happy to have put out some content that I hope all of you have listened to and enjoyed. And, well, the goal, of course, is to try and put out even more content this year, much to my poor sound engineer Kevin's dismay, but he loves it deep down. So I was thinking of all the things that ever kind of tied together and come full circle, which is life in general, but people say small world or how did you have that one in a million situation occur or six degrees of separation, which was so popular that they even made it into a game, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, which I'm really good at, by the way. And I was thinking that a lot just in life has kind of come full circle and things are closer than you think. You're never going to be that far away from someone that knew somebody who talked to someone that was related to or had some contact with you. And it's fascinating to me. I mean, even in this podcast, I just kind of did this for me. It was sort of a thing I uh, always wanted to do. I had spent a lot of time in radio and it was the natural progression of things. And I just have always been somewhat creative and like to write and always appreciated art and all things pop culture. So it was normal for me. But as I got into it, people started to listen, which I really appreciate, by the way, if I haven't said thank you to all of my listeners. If you've become an eclector, I'm appreciative. If not, hey, sign up and become one. Uh, you have people that listen from other countries. I never thought that was possible. Um, pretty amazing, actually. I didn't think that I'd have people from France and Russia. Shout out to you guys. Uh, whoever listens, they're pretty consistent. So sometimes you can see things on the analytics that just really surprise me. I'm in Pennsylvania, as I've said repeatedly, and there's people in Washington State that have listened for a while that... I'm glad I reached somebody, but who knew? You never really know where your effects are going to reach. As a teacher, I find that all the time because kids remember things, um, adult students too, that you don't think they're going to remember. And what's in your memory of that time or that lesson or that day that a crazy thing happened, sort of everybody forms a shell of a memory, but everybody's specifics are different. And sometimes I'll have people come back to me and say, oh, do you remember when you said that? And half the time it's just me being crazy and I don't even think twice. To me, it was a Tuesday. To them, it was a monumental moment. So I really appreciate that from my own end, being a person with a vice grip memory. I always come back with stuff that was important to me and that I remember. So I thought I'd share a few things with you today that are just weird in my life that are that closer than you think kind of six degrees of separation type deal and in no apparent order of importance. Uh, when I was a kid, we went to Disney. As you know, I'm obsessed with Disney. And my mom and dad took us a few times. Well, us. The family was old. I was the oops baby. So I was like five. But when we were there, I think it was when I was five, we were standing on the monorail platform waiting to go back into the park post pool time and obligatory sunburning because why would anybody put sunscreen on a kid's face in the 80s? Hey, thanks for the skin cancer. So um, luckily, uh, by the way, sunscreen always and knockwood, I've avoided the, the C word so far. So hopefully I will. But anyhow, I was burnt enough. Thank you, mom. Trying to kill me again. And our plumber, Sam, was on the other platform. Um, it's funny because we always called him Sam the plumber. And if you look up his name, in the old Rolodex. Yes, we still have a Rolodex. If you don't know what that is, Google it. And mom is a queen at Rolodex. It actually is under P, you know, for Sam the plumber, as if the guy had no last name. So I saw him across the platform. My dad recognized him. Who knew we were going to be in Florida and bump into the guy that we knew very well and dad worked with all the time. So that was just kind of funny. But at five, that was monumental. Something else that was recent, uh, when I got my navigator a few years ago, I was at 
a concert, went to uh, go see, I, I think it was uh, Farner we were coming out of, I don't even know, Farner, I think it was Farner and Whitesnake at the, um, what is now the BB&T Pavilion, and there's been a million things, I just call it the Waterfront in Camden, and I had just gotten a white Lincoln Navigator, so it was pretty new, I had had it maybe a month or two, and it's, you know, hot late summer night, going back in, and I'm clicking on my door, and there's these two guys getting into my car, I happened to click the unlock button right at the moment that the two men who were very drunk, I might add, approached the car and they had a similar car and thought that it was theirs. And I'm like, yo, get out of my car. What are you doing? And they realized that they were in a completely different section and it wasn't their vehicle. But that kind of stuff happens all the time. Luckily, it wasn't that the keys were uh, coded the same way. I just happened to have hit unlock at that moment. And when they got in the car, realizing that all the personal effects were not theirs, Luckily, they got out and didn't give me any grief, but that was kind of a strange thing. That has happened on many an occasion, um, especially with vehicles over time. You can uh, see that back when they actually used keys, they would only make like six or ten keys, and every so often they would recycle. So if you had the same cookie-cutter car, it could be opened by someone else's key. I had a water man come to the house to do meter readings. I'd say this is about a year and a half ago, and... I didn't know him, obviously, but he came over from the water company and he said, I just have to stay outside and read this. I'm going to be on your property. I said, okay. So he was there 20 minutes, half an hour. And when he came back to tell me he was leaving, he looked at me and he looked at my house and said, like, you have a really nice property. I said, thank you. And he's like, God, I feel like I've been here before. I said, well, it's probably on your route. He's like, no, I, I feel like uh, it's funny. It looks like a house of a man that I worked with a lot. He was a nice older guy, Italian guy. He uh, did drywall for a long time. And uh, he, had a, he had a different name. I said, well, would that guy have been Rocco? He said, yeah, yeah, that was it. Did you know him? Did he do work for you? I said, well, he's my father. He passed away and we live here. And he was just oh, blown away that it was the same man. So again, how you connect that way. It's crazy. He was detailing all these things about my dad and jobs they had done together. And little did he know that he was actually on the property. This time he was there for work and they had crossed paths when that guy went to hook up water on many of the job lots. Who knew? It was just nice to hear. In my class this year, I actually have a student that is the grandson of this guy that my dad was super close to. And the man was a professional football player. And uh, he's still significantly young. He was way younger than my dad. And I would like to say they had a very good um, mentor and work relationship their whole life because he uh, worked with him in, in the supply yard. Nice guy. I, I grew up knowing you know who he was and his whole family. And I saw the name and I thought, oh, it can't be. And I asked. And sure enough, it was it was him. And it's just random that this kid would have showed up and and uh, and be you know related to this man that I. Uh, essentially grew up with myself and it was funny because when we were kids I was seven or eight and my mom and dad went out to dinner with this guy's family and he had a son that was similar in age to me who would now become this kid's father that I'm teaching so it's just uh, mind-boggling to me the people that go around come around I have probably taught three or four friends kids now and I've probably taught five or six students that I taught before their children now so I guess when the grandkids come along they can tell me to retire and it's time to hang it up but that's always fascinating to me. One time I was doing a gig and just putting up tents and putting tables and chairs and slushy machines out. And 
ran into a gentleman that also utilized the same friend of my dad and rented from him and rented space for his equipment. Who knew? But again, it spoke, to, it sparked a, uh, a conversation that, you know, we never thought we were going to have. So it was, oh, you know, that guy and this person and blah, blah, which begs the uh, question that Kate Winslet found out the hard way. Everybody in Delco knows or is related to somebody else in Delco. Um, Delaware County, for those of you that are not in the lingo, Delco is just one of those places where well, my cousin used to do this. I knew that guy and he was a roommate with so-and-so and blah, blah. And that's just how they go. So it's true. Uh, is Delco, stays Delco, breeds Delco, lives in Delco. Um, nobody really leaves. And everybody knows somebody. So when Kate Winslet supposedly came to shoot whatever that uh, pilot was and the show got picked up, I don't follow it, but people were really excited about it. She went to shoot over at one of the delis uh, nearby and she said that the Delco accent was the toughest to portray and um, she's very good at accent work, as we all know from her many movies. And that she also thought it was funny that everybody knew somebody that walked into the deli and they all had some connection to something else. So if the stars find it funny, it's good enough for me. Um, went to another concert, uh, Lattice Marset, actually, recently. And was walking in. And this woman hears my voice and she says, I know you. And I'm looking at her and I really didn't recognize her that, that quickly. And then it started to kind of sink. She was the wife to my very close advisor at uh, university level when I was uh, at Widener. And uh, I said, oh, man, how, you know, how's he doing? And, and he, she said, well, you can ask him yourself. And he walked up, and I haven't seen this guy in forever. So um, who knew that Lumpy would be at that concert? So it was one of those things that I didn't expect, and it had been probably a good six to eight years since I had seen him. But you never know who you're going to find and, and what crowd and who's watching and who's looking, which is why I'm always paranoid, I guess. Unfortunately, I got sick last year in January, and they assigned me a cardiologist. Luckily, I don't really need him anymore, but turned out to be the same cardiologist that was my very good friend's mom's cardiologist. And the only reason that I felt comfortable with this man and all the procedures he had to do was because I knew so many stories of him from my buddy who was saying, no, he's great, he really helped my mom, he took care of her. And uh, I think I knew more about him because he's just a really funny guy and uh, very knowledgeable. So I forged a relationship with him as well and a really nice guy. Um, then certainly if I ever need anybody in that realm again, I will contact him without any question. But who knew? Here we are violating HIPAA together because I was like, oh, this, uh, you know, this person, know that person. He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I remember when you did this procedure and that procedure. And he's like, obviously, you know, the family. So it was kind of funny. And we have uh, actually made appointments together since. One time I was at Widener and we were doing a big uh, concert. We used to have a big spring fling kind of a thing. And at the time we had the Metro and the Metro was the uh, campus bar, which is since sadly closed down. But uh, we used to have the musical Mecca, as Lumpy used to call it. We had the radio station backed up. So, so we had WDNR backed up next to the um, uh, like the campus bar with like a music library in between. And then the other side was meant for the newspaper and the yearbook and all the different staff to do any kind of media and communications. So it was very cool. And uh, I believe they since added a TV station, but uh, loved my time there. It was on air for a while. And one night I was in charge of getting the pictures and the publicity for a big deal. They had a comedian that used to come in all the time. Every year we'd get a different name. And when I was a junior, they got Carrot Top. I love him. I think he's hilarious. But at the time, he was way more prevalent than he is now. So he came in, and only certain 
staff with a badge could have access to him, take pictures, etc. So I was lucky and I did. We got to meet him. He signed shirts and t-shirts and posters and all sorts of stuff for us. And I probably spent two, three hours with him total. And very nice guy. Thought he was extremely funny. Had a lot of props. He does a lot of, you know, gag comedy and uh, tongue-in-cheek stuff. I thought he was hilarious. About probably three to four years later, I go visit my friend in Atlanta. And we went to go see uh, the track and field Olympics of uh, Atlanta in 96. And he said, oh, let's do some different stuff while we're waiting because we were there for like a week. And he said, let's go to the Nico Hotel. I was like, okay, I don't know what that is. They have a tea. We'll go have a nice tea in the Nico Hotel. I said, okay. So we got dressed up. We went to go have tea, have the tea, walking out of the hotel. And in the revolving door, coming at me, is Carrot Top. It's been three, four years. I look at him. He looks at me. Neither one of us has changed that much. And he's like, hey, Tara. I'm like, Carrot Top. He's like, how you doing? What are you doing here? I said, uh, I'm visiting a friend in Atlanta going to the Olympics. And it was funny because he recognized and remembered me from back when I was at Widener outside of Philly. So who knew? That was a particularly uh, neat moment because that was just serendipity that I happened to be eye to eye with him in the same door and could get near him with his entourage and that he actually remembered who I was and made contact. So um, thought that was cool. One other thing, I guess, that popped in my head is this all kind of stems from cognition. So learning, thinking, memory, cognition, little uh, erudite moment here. So I took a class, cognition class, and um, the teacher made us read How We Know It Isn't So. And I thought it was a pretty cool book. And it basically functions under the premise, I'm sure it's still out there if you want to read it, under the premise that one in a million isn't always one in a million. Something that you think is completely impossible might just only be improbable, but still achievable or doable. And it's not even just in a uh, underdog kind of a moment. It's more the idea that you're a lot closer to the people than you think. You're a lot more near everyone that you think. You're a lot more connected to everything than you think. I jokingly call it the force, but that's pretty true. I mean, it surrounds us and binds us together. It's really what it is. There's always somebody who knew somebody that was there or observed the thing or whatever. And now, especially with social media and everything that we can reach out on our own even more, which I'm not always a fan of, but um, there's so much that you can say and do and be even more instantly connected. I still wrote letters in college and had long distance phone bills before the era of any kind of cell phone when it was viable and it wasn't in a bag and 20 pounds. Now, nobody has that concept. I don't think too many people are even writing letters. And if you do, they might not get there. But it's just the nature of it. I kind of enjoyed writing letters. Getting mail college was always super cool. Still is. But uh, not bills. It's just the nature of how things change. And even, even email, you know, finding somebody I haven't talked to in a while, reconnecting with people. It's just one of those things. And I believe that there are no coincidences. So some people argue that coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. I have no doubt. Um, very, very possible. But uh, I always think of that line with Mel Gibson and signs. So you have to ask yourself, are you a person that believes in miracles and signs and coincidences? Or is it just a happy turn of chance? I don't really think that you can make your own luck. I just think that luck favors the prepared. Um, go M from the Incredibles. And I think that you always have a better chance than you think of things being closer. It's a matter of opening your eyes and kind of seeing it or 
being in that moment or, or feeling it. I mean, on a negative expression of this, people say you're never more than six feet from a spider. I try not to think about that, but it's true. They're all around. It's a matter, a matter of did you see them, find them, and look for them. And sometimes when you start looking for things, it's amazing what you can find or what you're aware of. I made a reference to uh, the movie Deep Blue Sea the other night. Of course, I'm obsessed with sharks. Um, and it was on a night later. Uh, you know, not a big one, but just that kind of stuff happens all the time. It's imagine. It's a matter of looking for it and what you can imagine sometimes can just show up, happen, or surprise you. So think about that the next time you have a, oh, that was weird moment. So in my one-year anniversary of 25 wonderful episodes, and again, I'm so thankful for anybody that does enjoy the content and listen to it, and I hope I can put out more for you in the future. It has definitely been a whirlwind. I'm in places I didn't think I would be and not in places that I thought I would and have people in my life that I didn't think I would and don't have people in my life that I thought I would. And a lot can happen in a day, much less a year. But in this one-year whirlwind, I can say that uh, things are looking good for the Eclectic Collection because at least somebody's listening, even if they are in Siberia. And I am more than happy to put some fun stuff out for you, at least weird, coincidental, strange things that I find uh, noteworthy. So I hope you have enjoyed that time. And if you are interested in any of the crazy stuff that we're doing, uh, one other venture that I've put through, and I mentioned this the last time, is on YouTube now. Uh, I uh, have a face built for radio, so I kept it so that you get to see all the wonderful graphics that Kevin can put together. Mysterious Morsels, if you're bored. Uh, they're just on a couple shorts right now, a couple uh, really small videos. Currently, we're talking about superstitions there. So if you're bored and you want to check that kind of stuff out, um, please give it a look, give it a like feel free to subscribe and the bell and the whole nine and make things turn blue or whatever they're doing these days. That would be wonderful on the interwebs if you're a YouTube person. So that would be much appreciated. But hopefully we'll get more content to you soon. And as always, if you like what you heard, check us out at eclecticcollectionpodcast.com or follow us on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening. <laughs>